Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Friday. I hope you're having a wonderful week. We already got a big, big super chat here from my man Aaron out there in Australia. He says, uh, yo, Mike, I'm in Melbourne, ready to watch two grown men tomorrow who are shorter than my wife. <laughs> what do you think of Pauli Malignaggi saying Devin Haney will duck Vasily Lomachenko because, quote, the white boy will beat him, end quote. Love, Pauli. Yeah, man. Um, I'll say this about Pauli Malignaggi. Um, he speaks his truth. He really does. And Paulie's a good guy. Some people may not agree with some of his worldview and you know his opinion on things, but Paulie is not a fake individual. He will give it to you straight, and he will tell you his opinion on things. And I tend to prefer that um, in this world. I think there's a lot of people that are two-faced. They put on a smile when they're around you. Then behind closed doors, they're gossiping about you and and uh, trying to. <laughs> Uh, in some, in some cases, you know, work against you, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff like that out there, particularly in the boxing industry. Oh my God. So, uh, so for Paul to just be who he is authentically, that's one of the, his great strengths I feel. And, um, you know, pro box, they are building a very, very good crew over there and they've brought on a couple of misfits, if you will, you know, it's kind of becoming the Island of misfits, uh, misfit toys. What movie was that? It was some Christmas movie. Anyway. Um, they got Paulie and you know what? They're better for it. They're really building a good crew over there and they're just doing boxing. They're not doing the virtue signaling profile photo changing every other month type of crap. They're just doing boxing. I like that. Paulie fits in really great over there, man. All right. Um, guys, <clears throat> thanks again, Aaron. Thank you for that super chat, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got a huge, huge day tomorrow, right? We got fights all over the place. I'll go over the schedule here in just a second. Um, uh, I should say, um, I just, you know, guys, if you've watched the show uh, TNC this Monday, I had uh, Terry Moss, local promoter and um, former fighter, former pro fighter on the show. And she was promoting her event, her charity event that she does every year here in Atlanta. It's one of the biggest cards Atlanta does every year, honestly. And it's an amateur show that's put on very much like a pro show. Those of you who saw me fight in the in it last year, uh, you, you you see exactly what I'm talking about. Especially those of you who came out and attended. It's a great great show, man. And it was last night. So um, my wife Tiffany and I went, and it was really nice for us because it's pretty much the last thing we get to do before our daughter is here october 24th by the way that's the date october 24th is the day that she uh if everything goes according to plan she should uh she should be here october 24th uh which is a monday couple mondays from now so it's, i think it's like 10 days out nine days out so this was like our last going out thing where we put on nice clothes you know and all that um so it was nice man it was, it was cool to be around so many friends that I've made here in the boxing community already in Atlanta, people I've trained with, worked with people that, you know, we've punched each other in the face. Um, <clears throat> it was just cool to meet up with everybody. And it just, there's just some wonderful people we've met here. Um, I loved living in Los Angeles, lived there for a decade. And I, I really did know some wonderful people out there. Absolutely. But the people out there, <sighs> Um, again, some wonderful people, but they're kind of the exception. One thing I have found since moving here to Atlanta, really awesome people here, man. Uh, the, the people are just very, very genuine down to earth. Very cool. 
anyway, uh, I won't talk too much about personal stuff, but I, I just wanted to uh, talk about that a little bit because it was just nice for, for Tiffany and I to be out. And I'm, um, I'm I'm that husband that's like showing her off to everyone. I know I'm embarrassing the hell out of her, but everywhere we go, I'm like, look at my pregnant wife. And I'm like showing her belly off, you know, showing her belly off and all that stuff. I'm just having fun with it, man. I'm just, I'm happy. I'm proud. Uh, I can't wait for our daughter to get here. And Tiffany, I mean, she's, it, she's big, the, the, the tummy it's, you know, you can't even hide it. Right. So I was just showing her off to everybody yesterday. We had a lot of fun, man, but the event ran late. So uh, it was a late night. <clears throat> I had a few cocktails. You know, what the hell, all right? Um, I'm not, you know, I, I don't often, but every now and then. And uh, it, when I do, it's generally on the weekend with friends, you know, stuff like that. But this was a rare weekday where you might have a cocktail because it was at a, a fight card, a charity event. And uh, so, yeah, I was slightly hung over today. <laughs> but I got up and I did my 5K this morning. I ran my 5K. I sweated it out. I'm just still a little bit hung over. Talked to Dimitri Bevel earlier today for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, he's in Abu Dhabi. He's been there for a couple of weeks already. And uh, talked to him and Vadim Kornilov, his, his manager. And so I'll have that video on the channel probably early next week. I'll wait a few days and I'll post that. Uh, so you guys look out for that. Uh, a couple more super chats. We got OJ22. Thank you so much. He says, hate him or love him. Paulie keeps it real. That's it, bro. That's it. And, you know, um, that's something that is increasingly rare in our society, but particularly in the entertainment industry, specifically in the media wing of the entertainment industry. Um, you guys know I've worked in the entertainment industry for a long time now, and not just in media, but also um, I've, I've done stuff, you know, in film and television, uh, comedy stuff, you know, live comedy stuff. And um, just being around that that class of people, most of them come from a middle class, upper middle class background, uh, highly educated, that sort of thing, and kind of grew up in a bubble. So a guy like Paulie, I can really relate to. Steve Kim is another one. Uh, you guys know me and Steve are boys and um, kind of grew up similarly where maybe don't have that education background and things like that more of a guy that grew up around real people salt of the earth kind of people and people like that tend to just keep it real with shit even if you disagree with what they're saying whatever sometimes you may really disagree you, you might even be like offended by what they're saying but you respect and love those people because they're just being who they are you know and um i i appreciate that about paulie man uh, Papa Chubby with the super chat. Thank you so much. He says Sparta. So I take it you're you're going for Cambosos tomorrow, right? And we'll talk about that. I, I imagine. I imagine that's the reference. If I'm missing something, let me know. All right. Uh, real quick, schedule tomorrow. We got a lot of fights. So I mean, some of these fights you guys might not even be aware of, but there's a a female title fight in Chihuahua, Mexico. Um. WBC junior featherweight title on the line. And in Queensland, Australia, Liam Paro versus Brock Jarvis. Uh, that's like a, that card, it's a bathroom card that's on the zone. The, the female title fight in Mexico is not uh, being broadcast anywhere outside of Mexico. But this one card in Australia, Queensland, it's on the zone. Uh, Sky Nicholson, who's like an Instagram chick that's boxing. I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I, I just, I don't know, does she have like a, a real 
uh, amateur background? If so, then I completely apologize. But I've only seen you guys share pictures of stuff uh, of her on Instagram or whatever. But she's on that card. Uh, there's a guy whose last name is Mayweather, but he's not one of those Mayweathers. He's Australian. Uh, he's fighting on that card. So that's like all Aussies kind of fighting each other on that one. And then uh, here in the States, in Brooklyn, New York, uh, PBC on Fox pay-per-view, Deontay Wilder versus Robert Hellenius. A lot has been made of the fact that Hellenius came in heavy at the weigh-in today, heavier than he's been for a while. I think, in, in fact, the last time he was this heavy, he got stopped, I think, by uh, Duapas. And um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think that's that's what it is. But he did come in heavy at the weigh-in. And Wilder came in light, like more than 20 pounds lighter than he was for his last fight. That's a significant decrease in weight for a guy that has very, very little body fat. Wilder's not a guy who's ever had a lot of body fat. So that basically means he lost 20 pounds of muscle. I want to say he came in like 21, 22 pounds lighter. Again, correct me if I'm wrong on the exact uh, numbers but it was like over 20 pounds lighter than he was for that last fury fight and that was what in less than a year or about a year right i think if i was about a year ago so man to lose that much muscle in a year i don't know it can't be healthy it also in this era and i'm not casting any aspersions here but it just it it, it is a suspicious kind of look to be able to bulk up and put that much muscle on and take that much muscle off so quickly. It's uh, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting look in this day and age with what just happened with Connor Ben and all that. It just it, it does kind of raise an eyebrow. Anyway, on that card, Caleb Plant versus Anthony Durrell. Um, one of the Gurries is fighting Gary Antonio Russell, a rematch with Emmanuel Rodriguez, and then uh, heavyweights Frank Sanchez, Carlos Negron. It's pretty much a showcase. For, for Sanchez. Uh, and then some, some of the PBC prospects are fighting on that card. I don't know if I really am a really looking at any of those guys as blue chippers, but we'll see. And then um, let's see what else we got. Melbourne, Australia, Australia has got two events tomorrow, but then Melbourne, the one that Aaron was alluding to, uh, which by the way, the ESPN plus broadcast starts at 7 30 PM Eastern time here in the States, just to let everybody know uh, that's interested in watching that here. Devin Haney, George Cambosos Jr. for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Of course, this is a rematch. They fought earlier this year. And uh, the Maloney brothers are on the undercard. Uh, so that will be fun. That'll be really, really fun for you guys in Australia checking out that card. I think both your events there are going to be fun. Uh, but of course, this was this is the much bigger card. And then in London, and this is on ESPN Plus as well. Starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern here in the States. Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall for the Undisputed Middleweight Championship, Women's Middleweight Championship, I should, should mention. And then uh, Michaela Mayer versus Alicia Baumgartner for a three-belt unification at 130 pounds. And you guys see in the um, the thumbnail for this video that I put picture, pictures of their weigh-in. Um, Really, and I did that for a couple of reasons. I mean, obviously, they're both, you know, in very good shape, attractive young ladies, but more so because I think they deserved the, they deserve the thumbnail more than anybody else fighting this weekend because they have been promoting the hell 
out of their fight. Been a lot of trash talk. Some people didn't like Baumgartner's choice of words. She kind of took it to a kind of nasty place. Uh, other people loved it, you know, and like, I don't give a shit either way. My general belief with trash talking of fighters when it's before a fight, I think a lot of it's played up for promotion. I'm, I guess I'm jaded and I've just been around boxing for too long and I've seen 99% of the time that's what it is. But every now and then, it's legit. You know, um, am I convinced that the beef between these two is legit? No, I'm not. Because um, we'll find out, you know, hey, they might get in there and fight and then afterwards still be talking trash, you know, and then we'll know it's real. And if it is real, maybe there's a rematch. Maybe there's a, a rubber match down the road or, you know, maybe there's a, a series of fights between these two. Uh, but they're sure putting on the show. And you got to give these these women props, man. They they have really been promoting their butts off. And I got to say, even with Shields and Marshall, that's not quite the same level of promotion uh, as Baumgartner and Mayer. But the ladies have been promoting circles around the men this week. And, and I'm not saying that to be Mr. Virtue Signal. You guys know I'm not that person, okay? I'm really not. I'm not trying to be politically correct and none of that stuff. I'm just giving props where props are due. Early this year when Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fought, it was the same thing, you know, where I really thought that was the best show that weekend. And that was the fight I was most looking forward to. Those ladies promoted their event. They didn't go this route, the trash talking route or whatever, but they really worked hard promoting it. And they put on a hell of a show. I don't know if we're going to get as good of a fight in either of these two fights over there in London this weekend. Um, but I do think that co-main will steal the show. I, I really do. I actually, I, I have this sneaking suspicion the main event is going to turn into a snoozer. I think it's going to be a really frustrating, boring snoozer of a fight to watch. I hope I'm wrong. I just had this gut feel. That's what's going to happen in the main event. But um, either way, I'm just giving credit where it's due. And I got to be honest, guys, the women's boxing, that's what I'm watching live. The other stuff, I can catch a replay. I'm not definitely not buying the pay-per-view of Wilder Hellenius. Um, but I'll if somebody out there is a stream or something, we can watch it together, uh, whatever. But I'm just, what I am most interested in, honestly, is that card over in London. Uh, ladies, great job. Great job. You know, a lot of these guys out here could learn a thing or two and how to promote. Uh, you guys have really done a good job promote, <clears throat> promoting that fight. Okay, or your your two fights, I should say. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I, I hit I hit everything with the schedule. Um, yeah, let me know what you guys think, man. So 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 topics for discussion. Am I right in saying that this London card has the best matchups of the weekend? I, I, that's certainly how I see it. Also, what do you think about the heavyweight fight? The the weights. I'll double check because you know what? I might as well do this now. I just want to make sure that I'm getting the actual numbers correct. So Deontay Wilder weighs in at 214 and one half pounds. He was 238 last October. So again, exactly a year ago. Okay. So that's more than 20, that's what, 23 and a half pounds. Yeah. 23 and a half pounds of muscle to cut that much muscle off in a year. Um, man, that's crazy. 
The fight before that, which was in what February of 2020, he was 231, right? So, um, and he had put on, he had bulked up because I mean, the second fight with Luis Ortiz, if we go back to November of 2019, he was 219 and a half. So from November 2019 to February 2020, that's only a few months. Man, he put on about 12 pounds of muscle. That's a lot in a short amount of time. And then the second and third Fury fights, there was like over a year between them, right? Like a year and a half, almost two years. So he put on seven pounds of muscle in between those two fights. That sounds totally normal. That sounds, I, I can do that. Like any, any of us could, right? But man, the cut is what concerns me. First of all, that first bulk, 12 pounds of straight muscle in three months, that's that's hard to do. But then also dropping 23 and a half pounds of muscle in a year. Because again, he ain't cutting fat. Deontay doesn't have fat on him. Um, I, that's, I'm not saying I still, I, my prediction hasn't changed for this fight. I, I'm still taking Deontay Wilder just because Hellenius, no matter how much the promotion tries to make it seem like he's this huge punching heavyweight killer. I've seen so many guys on Twitter have been giving me shit this week saying, man, Hellenius punches like a mule. He's so powerful. And I'm like, show me evidence of that. Did you see his fights with Kavnachi? Kavnachi? I'll never pronounce his name right. But it's not like those were one-punch knockouts. And he was punching down at a very short heavyweight who was, you know, probably overrated, let's be honest. What, what like, bomb, one-punch knockout do you remember from Hellenius? I, I just, anyway, he went in at 253 and a quarter. Uh, his fights with Kavnachi, he was 238 and 246, right? I'm trying to find the last time he was this heavy and I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm scrolling back on this resume. I got to go back to 2016 when um, he fought two journeymen and that was after the knockout loss to Duapas. He was 262 for these two journeymen, like gimme fights, you know, building them back up. But the last time he fought a legit dude, this heavy was Johan Duapas back in early 2016. And he was knocked out. He was uh, knocked down twice and knocked out in the sixth round. So looking at that dude, I'm like, why is he 253 in this fight? Um, I, I, to me, again, Hellenius brought in for a reason. Um, now, he hasn't fought in a year, so maybe that's why he's bigger. I'm not sure. He's, you know, hasn't been the most active fighter. But that's just, I don't know. Those weights were interesting. I'll just put it to you that way. Okay, let me make sure I ain't missing no super chats. All right, let's jump to Thad. I want to get Thad on the line specifically to talk about some betting stuff because there's a lot of betting opportunities this weekend. Thad, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, very good, Mike. And you know, I'd be I tread very carefully this weekend. I remember a couple of weeks ago when Joe Joyce and Shakur Stevenson fought. I said it was the greatest boxing weekend to bet because those were gimmies at low odds too, uh, for how they ended up. And this weekend you have a lot of pitfalls. You have a lot of banana peels and, and mine shafts. Yeah. And what I'm, what I mean by that is on paper, everything you said and, and all the analysts are saying boxing wise makes sense on paper. These outcomes seem like a foregone conclusion, but what I'm seeing now is there's a lot of, uh, unknowns, um, that are, that have transpired and, and one you're just hitting on now with, with the weight in the Hellenius fight. There's a question there. We don't know the answer yet. Is Hellenius coming in deliberately at two, in, in the 250s to mimic 
Tyson Fury's blueprint over Wilder mm. to lean on him and to bludgeon him? Or is he pulling a Bermain Stavern in the rematch against Wilder where all he had to do was show up and get a paycheck? So we don't know the answer to this question, you and I and everyone else. The only people that really do know are people who are in the camp of Hellenius. Was he training hard? Was there a game plan? Is this on purpose? Or was he sitting around and just knowing that, hey, Al Heyman's got my back. You know, I'm, I'm going to do a solid for my PBC. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we just don't know. And, and as far as I see it from a betting standpoint, I wouldn't touch the fight straight up, but I would take the fight to go under the distance. I, I would take it to not go the distance, I should say. You're giving big odds. It's a five to one favorite that it doesn't go 12. It, it, it The odds, you know, shift from like f- minus 500 to minus 700 that the fight doesn't go the distance. I don't see it going the distance. I, I just don't see any way possible. So that would probably be the best option there. These other fights, when you, when you, when you go over to England, you know, we were discussing this months ago. It, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Mayer was the class fighter, you know, has every advantage. But now with the news that Vada is not testing, mm. can you confirm that? That Vada is not involved in, in drug testing over in England for this fight. Because that's what I've, I've been told. That Vada has not been doing the drug testing i haven't seen them yeah and father usually will mention if they're testing uh let me see if they've mentioned anything on their site go ahead I'll, I'll look real quick so why is this a big deal well you know the eye test i'm not making any accusations but for a fight like this i i would certainly want to know if my opponent you know was was getting any enhancement because ucat is good for nothing we saw that a couple right. weeks ago with the Ben fight. They didn't pick up anything on Ben. They're a joke. Vada did. They're, what does that tell you? They're a joke. Exactly. Yeah. So here we here we have a very aggressive, a very stacked, to put it mildly, Alicia Bumgarner, who's a pressure fighter. She's aggressive as hell. She knocked out uh, Harper, who's a very good fighter, who I thought was weight drained. She moved up to 154 Harper and, and she, and she won pretty easily But she got in her head and she, and she stopped her and her fights. I've been watching for the last couple of weeks. And I got to say, Mike, for the last three fights, I'm going to, she's changed. She's, I have that feeling I have with, with Jermel Charlo, where in his first 15 fights, he wasn't scoring knockouts. Then all of a sudden he's blowing people out. Mm. I see Bumgarner, her punching powers increased her, her stamina is increased. Her work rates increased. I don't know. Is, is there something there? I don't know. That's what I see. I'm just asking that question because if people are going to put their money on this fight, they need to know this stuff. I wouldn't touch the winner. I would. T- I would definitely go the over, and I would possibly go on decision to this for this fight going to the cards. I think you know, at the elite status, both of these girls are going to go ten rounds. But as far as a straight-up winner, I, I will not put good money on this fight. Not not now. If if Usada or uh, you know, Vada was doing the testing, I would take a side. I'm, I'm not on this fight. And then with the Shields fight, I I was all in on Shields. I, I had a huge bet on Shields, plus 125. The odds shifted. 
Okay, she was the underdog. Now she's the favorite. She's she's uh, minus one fifty, and um, Marshall is now plus one twenty five at a lot of outlets if you shop around. So what I've done, I ended up shifting all my money now to middle of the fight. Now I have free money. I'm making a two hundred fifty dollar profit, regardless of how this fight goes, unless it goes to a draw. And if you want to take a draw, it's thirteen to one odds. So put fifty bucks down, you're going to do okay if that happens as a hedge. I, I think this is one of those fights right now because Shields has it in her mind that she could just show up and knock uh, Marshall down and hurt her and, and win this fight. That's, that's preposterous. That's not how she could win this fight. If she really does believe that, and I truly do believe because I, I think she's an egoist, that that's what's going to happen. That's the wrong game plan. If she's going to get clipped, she's going to get outworked if she has that mindset. That's not how you beat a someone, a six foot tall marshal mm. who's going to put a stick a jab in your face, shift to, to, to orthodox and, uh, and lefty. Okay. That's, that's a tough fighter, you know, stylistically to match up against. I, I look at Marshall like a, like a Tyson Fury type. You, you just don't walk in and, and land punches on somebody like that and, and try to knock them out. It, it, it's counterproductive. So, like I said on your show a couple months ago or a month ago, Shields' worst enemy is her mind, is her personality. And I think in this fight, she's she's backed herself into a corner with all this hate, and it's going to burn her up. And I, I see this fight like a draw, to be quite honest. There's a lot of people picking I really the draw, do. I, man. I, I've seen a lot of people this there week is. taking the draw. Because, Mike, if you look at it, Okay, the odds are that the fight goes 12. All right. You get uh, three to one. All right. It's like a three to one favorite to go 12. The over under, which in a women's fight is, is really not that big a deal, it's like minus 250 for it to go over like nine rounds. And they're telling you that this is a distance fight. Right. Elite fighters rarely knock each other out. We've seen that with Canelo and, and Golovkin. We've seen that over throughout history. So if it goes to the, the, the cards, you're in, you're in England. You're in Marshall's backyard. Shields is going to get hit. She's going to get touched. It's impossible not to against Marshall. If she's going to be aggressive, she's going to get countered, and she's going to get hit with that jab. Will she be able to do enough um, and, and be active, I should say, enough to get a points decision in England against a house fighter? Because let's be honest, Marshall's a house fighter. I don't know. I, I really don't think she's going to win convincingly. And if she doesn't, that could affect the, uh, you know, the crowd could affect the cards here. Mm. So I'm looking at, you know, a one point decision either way or a draw. And uh, if Shields had a clear mindset, I would say Shields should win this fight, but I don't trust her. I don't trust her mindset. I, I think she's whacked out. I really do. I think she's mm. psyched out. So if you're looking at who has the um, mental advantages going in, I, I'd say Bumgartner and uh, and Marshall in the women's fight. Okay. So that's I'm taking the over and the decision in both of those fights because I'm I already middled the um, the Shields fight with 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 Marshall. I'm, I'm I got free money there because I put the bets in early, and sometimes in in in, in this uh, game that matters. You know, you get to hit a middle. And that's how it all shaped out. So shifting focus now to the uh, 
the Haney fight, which I'm not even going to watch. I have no interest in this fight whatsoever. The only fight I really have interest in is uh, uh, Shaniqua um, Johnson or Sh- uh, Shakira Johnson. Beautiful girl. She's not going to be on the telecast, but she will be on ESPN Plus. So I'll be watching that. She's she's uh, a champion, super bantamweight, probably the best looking female fighter out there right now, in my opinion. I had another favorite, but this girl takes the cake. So that's must see viewing. Now, Haney, on the other hand, is not. He really can have he could have a, an endorsement for Nyquil or Ambien. Uh, this guy. You know, he's all. His father even said, "We're we're going in there to put punishment on the guy, but we're not going to take any chances. We're not going to risk getting hit." That's basically what his father said, to paraphrase. So, expect more of the same from Haney. In this fight, Cambosis is going to come straight at him. Any elite fighter worth his salt, knowing this info, will knock out Cambosis, who truly is a B-list fighter. Okay, let's be honest. He got lucky against Tiafimo who was injured and weight drained. Haney should knock him out if he's an elite fighter. But he's going he's gonna to end up countering, grabbing, holding, and jabbing the entire fight and win like 116, 112, 115, 113 on the cart. So that's a fight not even worth watching. I would just take the over and then Haney by decision in that fight. So I, I don't see any, any upsets there. but. In that Wilder fight, I, you know, to me, he's shot. I've said it many times. He's a shot fighter. Will Hellenius play nice? If he does, it's an early wipeout. If Hellenius actually does come to fight, he can stop Wilder. He can stop Wilder if he comes to fight. So that's the big question. Did he actually come to fight? If anyone has that answer, if you were in his camp or you know anybody that was, and you have that answer, please share that info because that could clear up a lot of issues. Hmm. So, Mike, uh, that's how I see this weekend. Um, I know, you know, it isn't very definitive. And, and I do caution against people putting, you know, a lot of money on these fights because it's, it's not like it was a couple weeks ago, you know, where you really had a clear vision on what was happening and, and, and the line was in your favor because Joe Joyce was undervalued immensely he should have been like a seven eight to one favorite and he was only like basically a pick in that fight you don't have that here the lines are pretty square on so again i like to say buyer beware and, and this weekend after what i've seen you know to the lead up in these weigh-ins boy you're almost like flipping a coin on a lot of these fights because there's not a lot of information out there hmm. so if, if you had something to add in between there mike go ahead no, I I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, as far as betting, I, would you say, obviously, Haney Cambosos bet the over. That's going the distance. The, the female fights are probably all going the distance. That's probably the safe bets, right? Just betting the over-unders yeah. this weekend and leaving the individual yes. winners out of it, right? That's basically the theme this weekend. That's how I would take it. You're probably, at at worst, going to win three out of four. So if you do parlay, you might have like a banana skin in there. Wilder, uh, Hellenius, I easily goes under the distance. Yeah. So that's what we're going to bet the under, I cannot see that going 12 rounds. Do you know what the over-under is for that one? Well, not necessarily the under. 
Well, yeah, the over-under is four and a half rounds. That's a coin flip, in my opinion. You could, you could have that fight actually go to, like, six because, remember, when Wilder fought Washington, who was, a, you know, again, a nice guy, but he was very stiff. Right. He actually controlled Wilder for six rounds, and then he got clipped, and the referee stepped in, and, and you know, one of those PBC stoppages. The, it went round. So that could happen again here. So I wouldn't, yeah. you know, try to put hairs and guess. Because well, well let, um, correct it, me if I'm wrong. Four and a half rounds. If, if yeah. for, so, for like over, if you take the over on that, that really means it has to go six rounds, right? It's got to go like or f- halfway through yeah. the fifth. Okay, it would have to go. You would have to go through four and then halfway through the fifth. So, I, like one minute thirty seconds of the fifth round. I'd take the over. You, that would be your cutoff point. I'd take the over in that. I think, I think it's, it's going to go more bet. than that. Yeah. If. If it was, Mike, if I said, if it's, a, if it's a fight that I knew Hellenius was coming to win, I would take that over in a heartbeat. But I, I just remember the Bermain Stavern rematch yeah. where he yeah. showed up like a harpoon whale <laughs> yeah. and, and went down. That's, that's really in play here. I mean, yeah. he was. He didn't throw a punch his entire fight. He just yeah. walked right towards Wilder and took punishment and got knocked out. It was just a weird, very weird fight. Let's just put it that way. I, I saw Wilder, you know, fight Malik Scott, his trainer, ironically. Malik Scott took a dive against him. Yeah, that, I'm not that saying was bad. Stavern did. Yeah, I actually that think Stavern, really Stavern just showed up to get paid. But, yeah, Scott, that, yeah. that was just bad, dude. That was bad. Ugly. So we don't really know the answer. So I'm going to say this. Minus, if you get uh, BetMGM uh, minus 500 for it to not go 12 rounds, so you have to put up five hundred dollars to win a hundred. I that's a solid bet. I okay. don't see this going the distance. Both fighters could knock each other out. Okay, Wilder more likely to do it to Hellenius, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk money on the over under. So with these fights, just pretty much bet it not to go twelve or, or ten rounds in the female fights. Gotcha. I think that's you know the safest way to go. It these. What's come this to pass this past week? There's no explanation why all of a sudden now all this money is pouring in on Clarissa Shields. You know, before they they're supposed to fight, before the Queen incident happened, right. Marshall was still a favorite. Now all of a sudden, a month later, Shields says, "I'm going to knock her out. I'm the quote, blah blah blah." Now all this money's pouring in on Shields to flip that line, and that doesn't really happen too often in a pick'em fight. Where these 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 lines went from Marshall about five months ago as a favorite minus one thirty one minus one forty and Shields was an underdog uh, plus one twenty five at the highest that's where I got her now it's completely flipped mm. it's exactly opposite three sixty something weird is happening there I wouldn't touch the winner or loser just go I just have it go the distance that's how I see it that's how Vegas sees it. I think that's a safe bet. If you parlay them all together, maybe throw throw a little uh, money on the draw option for both female fights. You, you get good odds there. Gotcha. I mean, I you know, fifty bucks if you could afford it. Boom. You know, you're you're almost in the eight hundred dollar range on the Marshall Shields fight if that does happen. The lowest odds I've ever seen on a draw was uh, Winky Wright versus Jermaine Taylor. And I, I put 50 bucks on that, and it was 10 to 1. I won 500, but that was the lowest I've ever seen a fight at this level, you know, 
the odds. Thirteen to one. That's pretty low. So you it may move down to like twelve hundred gotcha. or twelve to one, but before the fight. But I mean, well, man, call in. That, that's a plausible outcome. Call in Monday and let me know how you did this weekend because I'm I'm genuinely curious. Uh, I'm trying to learn more and more about this kind of stuff. So, um, like I'll, to be I'll, honest, I already have free money with with Shields and and um, Marshall because I I have both. I took both. I I have a two hundred fifty dollars profit right now. I okay. even lift my fingers, you know, except for putting them in. But playing the middle. But uh, overall, it's I'm not going heavy this weekend. I'm just warning people, you know, that it's not a great. You don't have a lot of insight here. Right. We, there's a lot of questions we don't know. A Nevada issue. That's an issue. Don't right. But you're that. doing it. You with without having that information, you're doing the smart thing by playing it down the middle. I guess that's the theme for this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Right, Mike. And yeah. and I'll leave you I'll leave you with this a great quote from one of the greatest gamblers in history, uh, Arnold Rothstein, who fixed the World Series in 1919, the Black Sox. He said the greatest um, the greatest advice and or um, what you can have in gambling is information. Mm-hmm. I'm to paraphrase. I forget the quote exactly, but he said information is the most valuable asset. When you, wherever you put your money, whether it's gambling, whether it's a stock market information, and if it's inside information, it's even better. Unfortunately, we don't have that, <laughs> Yeah. but we have a little information yeah. and, and we could go with that. So you use your best judgment. That's all. All right. Good stuff, dad. So yeah. Have a good weekend, man. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. You, you too. All right, bro. Bye. Yeah, man, Thad knows his shit when it comes to gambling, guys. I would always listen to him. He and he's not a small time gambler. He puts up some big money, and he does pretty damn well at this. So um, I would definitely take Thad's advice. So some of you guys in the chat saying Thad sounds grumpy. He said, "Well, hey, whatever." All I know is that that dude knows his shit. So he's definitely someone you should listen to. Sam A with the super chat. Thank you, Sam. He said Haney is over ten point five. Or Haney over 10.5 is minus 360. That's big odds. Um, so that's basically if if the if the over is 10 and a half, that's basically saying a distance. You know, so as Thad was saying, just bet that that fight goes the distance. I mean, that's a really safe bet. Can you guys see Haney stepping on the gas and getting Cambosos out of there this time? Um, I don't see it. Anything's possible, and maybe Haney will show us a level he's never showed us before. But if you look at the track record of these two fighters and their mentalities, I don't see Cambosos ever quitting. Despite his limitations, he's not a guy who's going to quit. And Haney is just a guy that's never going to take an unnecessary risk. So I would definitely bet the over on that, which is essentially betting distance fight, right? So it sounds like that's the way to go. All right, let's go to the UK and take another call here. Let's see. Uh, We got 782. You were on the show. What's up? Hey, Michael, it's Pat. How you doing? You good? Yes, sir. How you doing, Pat? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Hey, you, you know, you're not kidding. Your last fella, he he, he broke that shit down there, didn't yes. he, man? You know, he, he had his point. And I agree with him a lot. A few, few points. In there. And before I go, Michael, I need your help on something because I'm coming back to America for a trip next year. So uh, the first point on, on Hellenius, um, you know, obviously a lot's been made of him with him going up against Wilder this weekend. But I, uh, I, if I recall correctly, when he came through, he didn't get all the, the the help that he could have got had he have relocated to 
stateside. When he first came through, if you remember that far back, and he was only on sort of Scandinavian slash mainland European level, not even on British level, it was almost perceived that this is another guy that could beat Klitschko because he's big. Mm. But it was almost like he was maybe five or ten years too soon. You know, he was he was part of the, the guys coming through and didn't have a Joe Joyce to spar with, a Joe Parker, you know, an Anthony Joshua. And he didn't really get off to the best of start. So I hope that he does get a good payday this weekend. I do agree with a lad that he, he can upset the apple car. I very much doubt it'll happen. I think Wilder is going to get him out of there and maybe five to eight. Um, but we'll, we'll certainly see what happens. I agree with him that uh, I think Michaela Meyer beats Baumgartner. Um, she's just been irritating her all week. I've seen him after I've finished work and been watching on on YouTube. Completely irritating. Do you know what I mean? Um, the other uh, point I wanted to ask you was, me and the wife are going to Tennessee in March to go see Graceland and that, but we're doing a stopover. Which city in America is good to see some good local fights? Where oh, could wow. I go? Because, I, mean, I, I mean, I've been to New York and Vegas and... San Fran and New Orleans and that. Where would you go if you wanted to? If you wanted to get some good small time local level fights, where would you go? That's a great question, man. Um, it, honestly, it really depends on when you come. So, do you know like the month yet? Yeah, the approximate date. Yeah, we're we're gonna go in March. You know, because the flights are a lot cheaper in March. March? Okay, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So March time. Uh, Check check in with me before well, you before you go. You know, check in with me for sure because I might yeah, I yeah. might be privy to some inside information on a show coming. But th- so the two the two states that put on the most shows, top to bottom, whether it's yeah. you know small level, mid level, big level, is California's number one by far, and then Texas is number two. Right. So and then I, I wouldn't have thought Texas. I really wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, Texas is a is probably the second busiest commission right now. It, it, you got to think towns like San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, um, and some of the border towns too. They they put on a lot of shows, and they're actually producing the most amateur talent right now in America, second only to California. So you could find club shows wow. in that south, south. I can't think right now. Southeastern uh, area in, in Texas, and then if you haven't been to L.A. Um, LA if right. you if you have the financial means and you can stay in the nicer parts of the LA area you not you're not necessarily going to stay downtown yeah. like where I lived in the inner city but stay out at the beaches yeah it's fucking beautiful brother yeah, if Santa you've Monica, never been yeah. oh well if you've never been it's, oh, it's yeah, absolutely I mean, I've, gorgeous I've been, I've, yeah I've been, I've been to San Francisco but I, you know that we were that was on a multi stop whereas if you look at it from Britain, if you're going to somewhere like Memphis, it's the same price to get a multi-city flight as it is to get a return flight. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, look, you've, you've never been able to see a fight over there because all the big fights I've seen have been over here. So it would have been fantastic to to get that. Uh, the gentleman before me uh, was talking about the drug testing. Um, make no mistake, uh, this whole week, Connor Ben on the British media has been raked well across the coals. Oh yeah, I've it's seen not that. Been, 
Yeah, yeah. I, well, I just well, I, I just don't want it. I don't want you all over there thinking, oh, you know, it's just Eddie Hearn's brushed it away. Yeah, Eddie Hearn got on the flight to Australia, <laughs> about as far away from here as he yeah, can get. Yeah, he got the hell but out of the, here. <laughs> oh, he, he got out of Dodge, but as, as far and, and you, you had Chris Eubank Senior, you know, making some comments. Um, and then now they're talking. The Daily Mail were saying that he may have failed another drug test. I saw that too. And yeah. now you. Yeah, and you can't now are saying, look, right, we've got to look into this. And it's a shame, you know, because it's, it's put such a taint on on what he could be that the only way he's going to get around it is to serve a ban and yes. come back and start all over again. Do you know what I mean? I think the the, uh, the comment that the gentleman had made before, there was, there, was a, there was a fight on this weekend. I think I'll stay up late for it. Um, just because of the the comedy between them at the press conferences, uh, Caleb Plant and Oh yeah, Peter Hill. I saw some of that. Oh too, my yeah. god, I I was looking at the betting because I, I, a funny one. I tried putting a bet on the George Groves Callum Smith fight in Las Vegas when I was there, and the guy, the guy in uh, I think it was the Luxor, it said, "No, no, we don't do two to one, three to one, four to one. Here we do plus and minus and." I was like, oh, I'll just do it on my phone, man. But Anthony Durrell, 66 to 1 for majority decision. That's a bit generous. I know I know it probably won't happen. Yeah. But I think they're, they're writing him off against Caleb Plant a good bit. You know, I mean, I could see Plant, yeah, Plant, Plant, Plant's obviously going to try and hit and move and stay out of the blender. Right and not get punched, you know. I think that's what he's going to do. But Darrell, uh, I could see Darrell dropping him and Plant getting back up. You know, you, you do that twice, Michael. You, you're almost on a split decision right there. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to count out um, Darrell this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly see about that. Last thing, uh, you still selling those T-shirts, Michael? Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm rocking one right now. So, yeah, uh, just go to MonteroUnboxing.com oh, right. if you want to check one out. Yeah, you, you send one over here for me, yeah. That all right. I, Absolutely, man. I send, I send oh, them to the UK all the cool. time. Oh, great. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll need to get one. I got a, a big drawer full of every boxing T-shirt I think I've ever had. Even even they don't fit anymore. I still don't get rid of them. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I'll I'll do that, but uh, I'll carry on listening, and um, hopefully hopefully we got a good uh, a good weekend of fights. Uh, and in closing, while I've got the TV on in the background, how the hell did Tommy Morrison keep George Moore, George Foreman off him for twelve rounds? How in the name of Christ do you know how? Do, do you know how, Pat? It's called uh, no well, testing. <laughs> That's how. Well, well, what, well, what was it? Riddick Ball said. About Golota, he was like, "Oh, he was full of drugs." But hey, um, and then some journalist said, "Well, everybody was because nobody was like nobody was getting tested." Yeah, and that <laughs> you, you know, know people you, talk you. about those. That's such a great point you bring up. Uh, people talk about those '90s heavyweights. Oh, what a great era! What, and it was. It was a great era, but they were all fucking juiced. And not the weight oh, cutter stuff they use now, but real steroids. I mean, those guys were a lot of them were oh. juiced, man. A lot of them. Well, if 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 if, if any, if you were, I'm sure you you're a smart man, Mickey. You'll have uh, you'll have watched the Joe Rogan show, won't you? You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, Joe's if cool. you if you haven't, uh, yeah, if you've not seen the episode with Lance Armstrong on it, 
where he's spilling the beans about them all. Um, you know, just how they all used to get around it. It's eye-opening. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. It it really, really is. You know, and and I suppose they all don't they all don't look at it as cheating if they're all doing it. You know, to them it's like yeah. well, he's juicing. So you there's know, an expression: if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's well, this, that's the belief a lot of people have. But you never came across one dude who done the steroids that lived into his eighties. There you go. It's not worth it, guys. There you go. Right. Have a good week, John Michael. You take it easy. I'm Karen Listen, right? Thanks a lot, brother. Have a good weekend. That's a great point, man. These guys don't live very long. Um, Some of them do. Arnold Schwarzenegger is up there. Uh, You know, he's a guy that admits he roided. And he's, uh, but he did it, I think, for such a short period of time while he was bodybuilding that, uh, and he was young enough, or maybe he recovered from it enough, but. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger had open heart surgery. I mean, he's had some some stuff that he's had to deal with. So, guys, it ain't worth it. Don't do the shit. Just don't do it. Uh, Sam, super chat. Thank you so much. He said, Chocolatito is in Arizona. Tickets are 30 bucks December 3rd. That show is going to be so much fun, man. Um, I got friends out there in that area. They, they are excited as hell about it. I, I like the choice of that venue. I think that in December, it's smart to go to a, um, you know, a city or uh, an area of the country, I should say, that's going to be warm. And then uh, the demographics in that area and everything else, there's enough people from L.A. if they really want to, Southern California people, they can come over to Arizona. Um, there's probably even some Texas people that are going to fly out there, some Vegas people that will come down. It's going to be a fun, fun event, man. The, the crowd atmosphere is going to be awesome for that. 30 bucks. That is how you do it. That is how you do it. Uh, you don't overcharge for shit, man. All right. Make sure I didn't miss any other super chats. But, you know, to Pat's point, I, I do think it's worth noting. Caleb Plant, I've talked about this before. He's just not a strong puncher. Michael Mendiola in the chat made a great point uh, uh, earlier about um, – oh, I'm sorry. No, it was Billy Falco. Sorry. Billy Falco made a point about – Clarissa Shields not having that kinetic chain when she punches, right? Um, it's the same thing with Caleb Plant. It's just that it, it, it's just not right. It's just not there. He's on the back foot a lot. He does have obviously more punching power than Clarissa, but that it, it, the connectivity, everything working together, isn't there when you're on the back foot all the time. Um, so Darrell has a chance in that he is the more explosive puncher of the two. Plant is going to have to move a lot. That's going to be the strategy. Can Jarrell catch him once or twice? Because I want to say with Plant, didn't he get, he got pieced up a couple times by Uzkata guy, right? Even though it was Uzkata guy that caught him a couple times. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, guys. But even though obviously Plant won that fight, won the title, he got, he got clipped a couple times. And Darrell's probably better than Uzkata guy. In fact, I'm looking at Caleb Plant's resume, which is so bad that this old past prime version of Anthony Durrell is actually his best opponent outside of Canelo, obviously. So should he beat Durrell this weekend, which odds are he will, he'll beat Durrell by decision. This will be Caleb Plant's best win pretty clearly. And keep in mind, Durrell is 38 years old and he is one, one in one in his last three fights going back three years. So 
I'm just saying that, that puts Caleb Plant's uh, resume into perspective. All right, let's jump. Let's get Johnny over in France because he's on hold waiting here. I know he's paying for that. So let's, I think this is Johnny. Hey, Mike. What's hey, up, Johnny? Mike. How you doing, uh, man? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be around. And um, I'm very excited for, 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 for this weekend, actually. Um, but <clears throat> I'm surprised. I'm, I'm excited because uh, usually I don't get very excited for women boxing. But uh, this uh, this program looks uh, promising, and uh, I really look forward to it. And, um, well, I don't know. I think uh, it's going to be Kaisa Shields all the way, you know. she's um, She seems to be the better doctor. And... Uh, I just wanted to bounce back about the, about also the, I mean the Wider and uh, Robert News fight. I think it's, uh, it looks like a, it looks like a mismatch, but uh, Robert News is not coming uh, back from uh, two KO losses, uh, yeah. as a matter of fact. Wider is a bit damaged. Uh, is a bit damaged. We don't know how it's gonna show up. No. Yeah. We really, really don't know how it's gonna show up. Really. I think uh, after two KO losses like this, you don't, you don't know where is uh, punching uh, resistance. No, right. it's uh, at the moment. Right, and we won't know until so we, we see the fight. We don't know. Fight. We don't know, and, and uh, as a matter of fact, there are two two points. One, Robert Elinos is pretty heavy-handed. He already got the uh, upset, you know. And two, they both uh, spared quite a long, uh, quite a few times. Right. And uh, even wider said this. So I think if uh, any heavyweight is aware of uh, wider flows, and I think most of his flows are not corrected yet, and they won't be before the end of his career, when that will uh, happen. So we might be in for an upset. You never know. You know? I think he won't be he won't be going too far because uh, I think he knows his place. Maybe, maybe. I mean, from a mental point of view, but. Uh, if you look at things uh, from, um, I mean, if you look at all the parameters, you might be into an upset because really, Ryder, I think he's not going very far anywhere. Even if he beats uh, Eddie News, he won't, he won't go far because he's too damaged already. Those two KO losses have been damaging, very devastating. So I think I, I look forward to for this fight as well. And um, I'm also. And related to Philip Sands. Well, I can't really find uh, any interest in this fight. Mm. I don't know about you, but. Uh, what? Wow. Haney Cambosos? No, no, I meant Philip uh, Sands against No, no, uh, I, I was just saying. I, I think Haney Cambosos and uh, Plant Durrell, I kind of see it the same way in that I'm just not very interested. I actually think Plant and Durrell sure. will be a competitive fight. I think it will be competitive. I'm just not that interested in that fight. It might be competitive, but it's like, a, well, Caleb Plant is, uh, it's not very exciting. Right. And um, you really rely on uh, maybe Anthony Durrell to put on a show, you know? That's the only chance we get to, to get a good fight. But if it relies on Caleb uh, Plant, it would be a good fight. We'll be sleeping there. <laughs> the guy is not very active. And um, one last thing, we got we got uh, Inway uh, in December for Undisputed. 
Yes. So this fight, this this one is really going under the radar. I don't know what Top Rank is doing with Inway at the moment. I really don't get it. But uh, Inway might be, he will be in the by the end of the year. So I think there's has no doubt about that. I think he will beat uh, Buster decisively and it will be undisputed. So we still have a few fighters. Mike? Yeah, I think um, that fight, it's in Japan. It's going to be the third fight in a row for Inoue in Japan. And I'm with you. I, I don't know exactly what top rank is doing with Inoue. I, I understand why they take him back to Japan because it, that fight will do massive numbers over there. And maybe they put it over there just for the money because they're having to pay Butler a lot of money to accept that fight. And then it'll be undisputed. But I really hope top rank brings in a way back to America next year it starts to build his brand a little bit more because he'll be the undisputed champion by then um so they they could do a much better job promoting him but who, who would he fight in the US you think because I can't see any you know can't see any. that's a good question because um the guy that I want to see him fight is uh Stephen Fulton but PBC will not allow that. You know, Stephen Fulton's management won't allow that. <laughs> yeah, you can, um, can forget that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just how they. That's just how they are. So, but man, let me see because I'm looking here. Bantamweight is pretty much done for, for in a way. Once yeah. he beats Butler, and he will beat Butler. The only guy there I'd be, be maybe interested in seeing him fight is Gary Antonio Russell. Should he beat Emmanuel Rodriguez this weekend, which I think he will. Um, but again, he's with PBC. And then if you go up to the next division, which is junior featherweight, Stephen Fulton is there. Um, but he's with PBC. So, so yeah, I, I don't know who he's going to fight. It's going to be very difficult for top rank. I don't think that's part of the problem, actually, because uh, they don't have anyone to match him convincingly. That's why they, they're putting him on the shelf, maybe. And um, one last thing, and uh, I, I, I go, I'll, I'll leave uh, other listeners to, to, the, to the show. Um, one last thing about, um, I meant, um, one last thing about Amy and Cambosu, because it's still uh, a title fight. <laughs> it might not be, it might be, it might not be uh, the fight we wanted to see, but uh, it's still uh, a title fight and an undisputed fight. Uh, I think Eddie is going to do the same fight uh, again and again. I, I don't see him stopping Chelsea for um, at all. I don't see him stopping Chelsea for, for nothing. I think he's he's featherweight. He's featherweight a little bit. It doesn't. It's not. It's not Eddie at all. And I think um, um, he have to 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 to, to keep to stay to this to this side of um, you know to this side of fighting. He won't be able to, but it's uh, it's good like this, and uh, it's not uh, it's not a puncher. It's not a guy that breaks people will. He's not been able to stop, you know, Jorge Linares. Everybody stopped uh, Jorge right. in his last four years, but he did not. So you should don't stop uh, Linares. And uh, you won't be stopping bigger guys. You won't be stopping uh, younger guys. So. Um, you see, instead, maybe you see, he's going to read a video, sorry, he's going to read this week while training with, uh, with the bad man, you know, and, 
was like throwing the right and the guy uh, with the pad, you know, with the body armor, uh, he shot him in the body and it's like uh, the, the guy was uh, too, too shocked to go on and beat Haiti had to step in to help the, the trainer, you know. So it was a bit of a stunt, you know, but it's, it's not a VAD. It doesn't have much power. Right. It doesn't fight this way and it doesn't have it in it. So um, I think it's going to be, it's not going to be competitive because uh, Amy is uh, smarter, is uh, quicker, is you know, it's uh, got all the attributes, all the better attributes to, to win this fight, and he's going to win it decisively. And I'll be very, very, I'll be looking forward for his next fight because uh, you really don't know what to expect to, to with a matchup to, between uh, Amy and Lomachenko, for, for example. That'd be fascinating. Yeah, that would I be hope, a fun uh, fight. Because uh, Amy is saying with top rank, and uh, so, so is uh, Lomachenko, so it's uh, very doable. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah, well, Haney, Stevenson, Lomachenko, they're all going to fight each other at some point. And, and Lomachenko is going to fight one of them next year. It's either going to be Haney or Stevenson. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, 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 I really look forward for, for, for next year for this division. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. And uh, it was a pleasure again to, to be to be on your show. Have a good week and, um, well, see you later, mate. Goodbye. All right, Bye. thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Mike. Have a good weekend, brother. See you. All right, good stuff, Johnny. We got a super chat from CJ Duncan in the house. Soon to be a father, just like myself. Uh, he's just got to wait a little bit longer. So the juice... We'll set you free, he quotes Connor Ben. Uh, this weekend, Haney unanimous decision, Shields snooze fest, Mayor split decision in a gritty fight, Wilder by pain, Plant via gift split decision, can't derail the Benavidez slaughter by PBC. Interesting take, interesting take. We shall see. We shall see. All right, let's see. Uh, we got a super chat from Sam A. Thanks again, Sam. Says good bet is Hellenius by stoppage at plus eight hundred. Yeah, dude, if you got that's not a crazy bet. If you've got the money to throw down, look, it's heavyweights. If Hellenius connects, we have seen journeyman level heavyweights buzz Deontay Wilder. We've seen it, right? He also is coming off of two bludgeonings, and as I mentioned at the very top of the show, he's lost twenty three pounds of muscle in a year. All that combined, if Hellenius connects, hey, it could happen. I just don't think he will. Now, look, I might be, I might look really stupid on Monday's show. Hellenius might knock him out. Who the hell knows? It's heavyweight boxing. We have seen all kinds of craziness in this sport, right? The theater of the unexpected. But I'm just looking at Hellenius, and this is a guy whose career I'm pretty familiar with. He went pro in 2008. Um, and he's sparred with everybody. He's been brought over and sparred with all the PBC heavyweights. He's worked with a lot of guys. He's brought in kind of as a sparring partner because he's that dude. And I'm not trying to diss the guy. Okay. He's worked his butt off. He's a, a fine professional prize fighter, but he's the best guy to spar kind of, if you're just trying to work on stuff because he ain't going nowhere. It's almost like a heavy bag that will punch you back. Sorry. But that's what he is. So in sparring, if you got a big physical athletic heavyweight and you want you you want a guy like Hellenius to work with sometimes, 
uh, if you're trying to work on some things, he's perfect for that. So I just think he's made to order for what Wilder does. And I still would favor Wilder. And I think I would favor Wilder by knockout. Uh, but it is heavyweight boxing and it's not a crazy bet. Sam with another super chat, he says he just put down a hundred bucks to win 800 on the Viking by stoppage. Yeah. Look, man, if you got the money and you could drop a hundred, but you win 800, if he pulls off the upset, that's a hell of a score, man. That's a hell of a score. So I don't blame you, bro. Don't blame you. But styles make fights. And I just, his style is just tailor made for Wilder, but that's not a crazy, crazy bet. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, Ro knows in the chat asked, do you think he'd set out Carson, Mike? You don't think so? Uh, are, are you talking about Inouye? I absolutely think he would. Inouye has fought in Carson before. So against the right opponent, if you're talking about Naoi Inouye, he could absolutely sell out that venue there, Dignity Health, Sports, Home Depot, whatever it is now. He would sell that out. If, if he gets the right opponent and tickets are priced right. Uh, Mindiolo with an uh, interesting comment. He said, if Inouye was Chinese instead of Japanese, He'd sell out arenas here in California. LA has a huge and growing Chinese population. Yeah, dude. Also, hey, man, there's a big Japanese population. You got uh, Little Tokyo, downtown LA, and then uh, Torrance. There's a lot of Japanese people in Torrance. So, because um, I know a lot of Japanese uh, people out there in Torrance. Yeah, I dated some women out there. Yeah, I was just saying, there's, there's a population out there. But some of them came to some of those super flat cards. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, it's there, but you're right about the Chinese population. It's huge in LA, specifically the suburbs out in Orange County. There are suburbs out there that are like 90% Chinese, specifically Chinese. And you're way out there in Orange County, an hour out of LA in a suburb, and you get out of your car, go to the mall, and it's Chinese people everywhere. Uh, it's, it's very, very interesting. It's cool. Uh, just the diversity LA has is crazy, man. There's just, there's a little neighborhood for like every group. It's crazy. There's a little Bangladesh in, in uh, not too far from Koreatown, actually, where I used to live a little Bangladesh. Like how many cities have a little Bangladesh in America? That's LA, man. They got like, everybody uh, has a little community out there. CJ Duncan with another super chat. He says, salute on the thumbnail this week. You like that, bro? <laughs> I had to, Hey, I'm just, Sharing a picture of the weigh-in. That's, that's all I'm doing. You know, I, there was nothing behind it. I'm just sharing the weigh-in. <clears throat> King KO says a lot of Koreans in LA too. Yeah, like the most Koreans outside of Korea in the world. Yeah, I lived in Koreatown, man. But here's LA. You're in Koreatown. It's still 50% Mexican-American, you know. Uh, and then Filipino town was just north uh, of, of Koreatown. Uh, there was a, a Salvadorian neighborhood to the east, Guatemalan Salvadorian. LA is awesome with that, dude. That's that's like one thing I miss is like the restaurants and stuff. There's a lot of like hole in the wall type of place. They call it hole in the wall type of places where it's just like a, a grandma in the, back in the kitchen cooking. And you're not going to see those types of restaurants like when Anthony Bourdain came to town and shit. They're not going to go to that kind of place. But I would because I lived in those neighborhoods and I could just walk to it. Right. And you got to order in the language now i could order in spanish but like when i'd go to korean places i don't speak korean so i'd have to just point at the menu and be like this one <laughs> you know what i'm saying you just point at the menu because there's a picture of the food on the menu it was just a really fun interesting time in my life man uh, la has a lot of um just really cool interesting neighborhoods uh mandela says i'm a real estate broker chinese are buying up everything dude 
what do they call it? They call it Chinese Beverly Hills out there. You know, when they did that movie, Crazy Rich Asians, that movie really, really failed, in my opinion, because what it should have been about is exactly what you're talking about, Mike. I really thought they were going to talk about Chinese uh, Beverly Hills out there in Orange County and make a story like a realistic story about like that kind of life. Um, I remember talking to my wife about that. And, so, and that movie just went a completely different direction. It was a failure, in my opinion. But I think it could be a really fun TV series or um, or movie about that because it's very most Americans are completely unaware of it. You're, you're right. A lot of the Chinese are buying up all that. In fact, uh, and Koreans where I, where I lived, my condo that I sold, my apartment that I sold right before moving here, I bought that from a Korean company. A Korean company, like literally in Korea, owned the apartment. And they were just renting it to people here in America. I bought it from them. Like that's that's how much real estate is being bought up by people who don't even live in America. It's crazy. Anyway, I could do a whole other podcast about that. <clears throat> we won't go too far into all of that. Um, Miguel in the chat says, uh, Filipinos for Inouye. A lot of Filipinos in LA, man. A lot. You want to talk about awesome, awesome freaking food and really fun weddings. Yeah, man, I, I could talk about all this shit for hours, guys. I, I had so much fun out there, man. Uh, it's just, it's a shame the city's run by morons and the state, but that's a whole nother discussion. All right, let's go back to the phones and let's talk to Nacho. I know he's going to have some good stuff for us. What's up, brother? How you doing, Nacho? Oh, I'm good, Mike. Uh, just, uh, you know, I'm not going to go over too much of the stuff from as far as the fight this weekend. I kind of already talked about that. Um, the only thing I just wanted to mention was um, very disappointed that Hellenius came in at 254. Mm. I would have thought he would have come in in better shape. And I kind of think that at this point, my prediction about Wilder is probably going to happen. I think Wilder goes in there, takes him a few rounds to knock the rust off. But I think eventually he stops him like mid to late rounds. Yeah. I don't see Hellenius uh, winning that fight. Um, uh, these people talking about he has power just because he, he grinded uh, Kalnaki down uh, right. in those two fights that he won doesn't mean that he has legitimate one-punch knockout power. He literally would have to grind Wilder down, and I just don't see him doing that. Not at 254. I think that's too heavy. I think he should have come in lighter to prove that he was coming to win. It just kind of feels like he's kind of already accepted the role of being the B-side who's there to show up and make Wilder look good. So I'm not expecting uh, him to win that fight, to be honest with you. Um, and then I just had a couple of, uh, you know, uh, you know, tidbits, Mike. Um, the whole thing, uh, the caller that asked about um, Inoue uh, not being able to fight Fulton, well, the fight against Butler, he's being promoted by his Japanese promoter, Mike. It doesn't seem like top rank has a, yeah. a hand in that fight happening in December. So my question to you is, if Top Rank is not really involved, and it's just the Japanese promoter that's involved, you don't think a deal could be made between them and the PBC to maybe entice Fulton to step in the ring with him? That's a great point, Nacho. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I'm pulling it up on BoxRec, and if you actually pull up the details... Uh, it lists, of course, the Japanese Boxing Commission, but it also says the promoter is Hideyuki Ohashi, right? It doesn't even list top rank. Yeah. That's a great point, bro. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, well, I'll tell you this much. Okay. Stephen Fulton will never travel to Japan. That's not happening. But can oh, they? Oh, yeah, no. Can they do it in Vegas, maybe, or something? It's absolutely possible. Um, yeah, dude, I'm looking. And it, since the pandemic, it looks like, well, let me, I'm, I'm going to go back and check. He Okay, he had his last fight that was promoted by top rank. You got to go back to June of 2021. That was the last one in America. So I wonder if they kind of have a split promotional thing where the Japanese guy handles fights in Japan, the fights over here, top rank handles. But um, but I don't know, dude. Maybe it could be worked out. I just – just um, PBC with their background, dude, I just don't see them doing it. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was just kind of throwing it out there. I thought maybe there might be a slight glimmer of hope because of the Japanese – promoter pretty much being involved yeah maybe there was a way that it could happen but i mean yeah you're right it, it's totally possible it still might not even happen even with that uh being involved um the other thing that i wanted to bring up mike was i don't know if you saw they made the fight for new year's eve between uh ioka against joshua franco in japan what do you think about that what that's that's an awesome fight man let me check this out that's officially on the schedule, huh? That's not on the Yeah, yet. they made it for New Year's Eve. Kazuto Ioka? Yeah. Against Josh Franco. Dude, I like that fight a lot. These Francos, man. Yeah. Because Francos, of course, Bams, uh, they're, they're family. Um, they, they, man, yeah. They fight people, man. They fight people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that and I was like, wow, at least somebody's actually stepping in the ring. Yeah, I know, dude. Yeah, the fourth quarter is rough, man. It's rough. Yeah, I mean, this, this, yeah, this is getting... This, yeah, it's tough to still be a fan with all this non-fighting going on and too much, uh, you know, Twitter uh, back and forth right. instead of guys getting in the ring and actually fighting. You know, it, it's kind of uh, depressing. Um, and then uh, you brought it up, Mike. I don't know about that fight. I'm kind of 50-50 because I don't think he's completely washed. I think Emmanuel Rodriguez might be able to pull off the upset against uh, Gary Antonio Russell. Mm-hmm. I'm still not completely sold on him, to be honest. I mean, I think this could be a legitimate test to see how real of a bantamweight uh, Russell really is. I think he's been kind of matched perfectly to this point. And maybe if Rodriguez has anything left in the tank, he could actually, you know, pull off the upset. Or do you honestly think that this is just another really good uh, matchup favoring Russell? That's a great point, Nacho. You got some good stuff today, man. I, I You're absolutely right that Rodriguez could pull this off. Um, I just think for PBC to make this matchup, they saw something there that they can exploit. And um, I'm going to give Russell the edge, but it's not, it's, it's not going to be like one-sided. It's going to be competitive. I think he's going to have some like growing on the job, you know, this weekend, but I got to take him just, I think at the timeline of when these two are fighting at, you know, this stage of the careers that they're in, I'll take Russell, but you're absolutely correct that Rodriguez could pull off the upset for sure, man. Oh, okay. And then uh, the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up, Mike, was um, the the whole 
um, Adrian Broner going on another podcast recently and kind of just putting out there that uh, he's saying that the PBC is a sinking ship and that there's a lot of guys kind of frustrated about what's going on and they're kind of all left in the dark and there's not enough money to go around. Um, And then the whole idea of them possibly going to Paramount and shifting to quote unquote an app, which I find really hilarious at this point because oh dude i haven't even years, brought they up bashed the hell out of I, I, yeah i know where you're going with this i was just i forgot man floyd's about to fight on a nap i forgot to mention that on the show how could i forget that yeah i mean that that's that's true <laughs> i wasn't really necessarily worried about another mayweather exhibition right, right my whole question regarding that whole thing was um how long do you think it is before they eventually just shift all of their resources into Paramount, Mike? Because it doesn't seem like there's a whole hell of a lot going on with Showtime as far as fights coming up. Yeah, PBC does this weird thing where the last few years they announce a schedule like in the early part of the year. And it's usually like a heavy schedule in the spring and summer. That's like their season. And then everything dips off toward the end of the year, right? So, so like this spring, remember we did get some good fights, man. We got Charlo Castaño too. We got a couple other like solid fights on regular Showtime, and then it dips off. And they kind of do this every year instead of spreading it out. So it's hard to say, man. Like, like are they just basically waiting till the the new budget opens up next year and they'll announce another you know schedule for the spring? Or are they going to basically go the route that everyone else is going? And at some point, like, as you mentioned, go to Paramount, go to an app, because it seems that more and more sports and entertainment is going that route, man. Um, Regular TV is becoming a thing of the past. It's going more and more to streaming. Uh, Even right now, like my cable setup, dude, like I didn't even know this was available, but because I, I, I was ready to cut my cable. So I called the cable company like a couple months ago. And I was like, yo, I'm ready to cut this shit. I'm just sick of having cable. And they said, well, we have DirecTV stream now. I didn't even know this shit existed. And they're like, you stream it off your internet. And, you know, we've got like 100 channels that streams. So, like, I didn't even know that existed. I don't, you know, so, so, like, regular TV, dude, it's, it's going away. And at some point, you got to think PBC will go to Paramount. It makes sense. Yeah, I kind of think so as well. I think eventually they're going to shift everything um, in that direction. But I do find it a little bit funny, though, that uh, Broner, who basically complained, was the first real PBC fighter to complain about the financial aspects of PBC. Now he's kind of being made to look like he was the uh, truth teller from that side of the street because it sure looks like uh, a lot of what he was saying a few years ago it looks like it's happening now in regards to them not having as much uh, financial power as they did when they first uh, rolled out the PVC back Absolutely. in 2015. And you're right. For all the bashing cool. they did, if right. we don't fight on apps. They probably will pretty soon. Yeah. Eventually, it looks like it's going to happen. <laughs> I know, dog. All it's... right, Mike. Uh, I'll uh, Yeah, I'll call in on Monday. All right, Nacho. Have a good weekend, bro. All right. All right, bro. Yeah, man. Um, 
I forgot. I can't believe I forgot to mention all that, but uh, I'm sure you guys have seen this. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is doing some exhibition fight against some guy I've never even heard of. I don't know if he's a YouTuber or what, but uh, it's on the zone. It's the zone pay-per-view actually. And Leonard Ellerby, you know, that's, that's Floyd's heir or his, his, his guy. And Leonard for years uh, was like, we ain't fighting on no app. We ain't fighting on no app, no app, no app. Right. Even when uh, Canelo and Plant fought, they had to go that direction, right? Because uh, we don't fight on an app, blah, blah, blah. They've been adamant about this. And now Floyd, who is the, you know, the poster boy for, for all PBC, Heyman, everything, he's their intergalactic superstar, he's fighting on the zone. It just it kind of looks funny. And I get to do things change in life. And, and, you know, we all change. We all evolve. We all have different opinions. We grow. I, I, I get it. But there just seems to be a track record of rhetoric that is often proven to be the complete opposite of what we're being told, you know, uh, just a year or two down the road. Um, And it it is funny, man. Uh, In the last few weeks, there's been a couple of fighters that have talked about PBC contracts. Uh, Broner, there was a video this week uh, that was the latest and just the money situation, things like that. And now, um, you know, Floyd's fighting on an app, right? And for years, hey, we ain't putting Tank Davis on an app. You know, fuck that. We ain't doing that. I don't know, dude. It's just kind of funny. It's just kind of funny. Uh, Gail Falkenthal in the chat. What's up, Gail? I miss you. She says, uh, you can now get the Paramount Plus bundle with Showtime included for just $3 more. This is the way streaming is going. Yeah, man. I mean... It, it, it's the future of the industry and not just sports, but pretty much all of the entertainment industry. It's going more and more to streaming. That's just, that's where it's going. So you either adapt or die, right? Adapt or die. Anthony Santiago with the super chat. Thank you. Aunt. He says, what up Mike in chat? Same with me. Only plan on watching the women card. Anyone else think it's weird that Pac-Man is doing an exhibition Oh, I completely forgot about that too, man. I'm just hoping he doesn't come back for a real fight. Yeah, is and who is Pacquiao fighting? I think he's fighting a YouTube guy or something too, right? I have no idea who Floyd or Manny are fighting. Uh, and I only I don't even know where Pac is fighting or, or where it's going to be broadcast. I just saw uh, that Floyd will be fighting on the zone, but it's 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 beyond strange, right? But in this era. And this is just more proof of streaming and, and where it's going and stuff. Um, these guys are still the two biggest names in boxing. Let's be honest. Floyd and Manny are bigger names than Canelo Alvarez and Anthony Joshua, the two biggest active names. If we're being honest, they really truly are. These guys can do these little exhibition fights here and there, and it'll be streamed on whatever, Fight TV, The Zone, whatever it is. Something I've never heard of, <laughs> Triller, if, if they're not around anymore, but you know what I'm saying, right? And they can make money. They can make money doing this because they still have a name. It's more about that name recognition. It's the same principle with Jake Paul, same principle. So in this era, increasingly more than ever, it's more about can you get eyes on your fights? Will they pay to see your fights? Okay. Okay. And a lot of that is monetized through social media now and these, these apps. And uh, Floyd and Manny are figuring it out. I, I think Manny just looked at this and was like, 
Man, Floyd's fighting two, three times a year suddenly against these clowns, and people are buying this crap, and he's still making money. I could do this shit, and I think that's what Manny's doing right now. Sam with another super chat. Thank you, Sam. He says, if history counts, Russell wins by technical decision after butts. Russell, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You should go back to that first fight. There were some butts. So, yeah, it could happen again. I see what you're getting at, my man. I see what you're getting at. He also adds, uh, Oscar also said pay-per-view is dead, LOL. Yeah, look, all the guys at the zone, um, it, Matchroom, Oscar, just it was more the the uh, executives at the zone. They marketed it saying pay-per-view is dead. It's not. It's always going to be a part of this business. In fact, I think it's going to be an increasing, growing part of the business, which is sad. But guys, for, for basically two or three decades, there was two places to get pay-per-view in America for boxing and fight sports. It was HBO, Showtime, right? Then it expanded a little bit, uh, especially with UFC, because they went on, what, Spike TV and a couple different networks. But then boxing... Now it's like on all these platforms and there are pay-per-views all over the place. Every weekend, there are $10 pay-per-view club shows now. And that's just where the industry is going. It would not surprise me in 20 years if there are club promoters in multiple towns in America doing pay-per-views for their club show. Like take Atlanta, right? For the club show here, you do a pay-per-view and you try to get 500 people to buy. If they're buying it for 10 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever, 20 bucks, that extra revenue pays the fighters on the show and, and on top of ticket sales and everything else. That's the direction we're going in. It truly is. All right. Did I miss anything here? I want to make sure I didn't miss it. Okay. Oh boy, guys. Um, I am going to take a couple more calls. Um, real we're gonna make these quick. All right, we gotta run these quick. Uh, I think we got Chad on the line here from Canada, so let's take him real quick. Chad, what's up, man? Is that you? Yeah, hey, Mike. How are you? Good. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, Anthony Santiago. I, I was going to ask if you had heard about the uh, Manny exhibition as well. Um, just quickly, I'll say about the topic about Manny and just his brand and to put Mayweather in there too. Like on Facebook, I'm a moderator for a, a group, a boxing group. It's got about 28,000 members. So it's pretty big. And do you want to know what the number one thing that gets engagement on there is? It's posts about Manny, Floyd, and how they relate to each other as being the greatest. Yep. Those posts, they come steady and furious like we have to decline a lot of them yeah. and the ones that make it up they get i mean hundreds of comments and people arguing and but then if you try and talk about like next week's card you know nobody cares no one wants to talk about that so yeah man uh, pac pac-man's got definitely an enduring legacy you know that he can uh, cash in on yeah I th it, it's um I'm just looking at Gail in the chat says uh, Mayweather Pacquiao two collision course. There's money to be made bet on it. 100%. Oh my God. These two could still, yeah, listen, be Chad, if I do, I just talked to, to Dimitri Beevil today and I'm going to post that interview on my channel next week. It'll do, it'll get some views, 
But if I had Manny or Floyd on here, if I just did a video talking about Manny or Floyd, it'll get 10 times the views just because it's Manny and Floyd. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, for for you building your own brand, it it, it would be a total cop. I mean, I'm sure a lot of channels and, and podcasts or whatever do, you know, basically uh, – pander to, to that you know just to get engagement up and stuff and i, I kind of understand it to an extent but yeah i mean you'd have to be pretty uh bored with yourself talking about that all the time yeah. anyways other than that um i just wanted to comment about uh cambosis man what what happened to cambosis from haney cambosis one where would that guy go eh like i can't believe how quiet him and his dad have been this whole thing. And he's trying to act to the media like he's this quiet and pensive, reflective guy or something. Come on. No one's buying that. After the Teal fight, he couldn't stop talking about himself. I mean, every podcast I listened to practically had him on for an interview. And he was on Rogan. Yep. And you know he what? Was. Every single one. Yeah, it was the same. He was telling the same thing over and over. He loves to talk about himself. He thought he was a success. Greatest thing since sliced bread after beating Teal, and Haney humbled him. Haney humbled him. That's my opinion of it. I don't believe they've changed something uh, to to try and make an image uh, with Haney or with fans. Forget it. They they were humbled, and they know anything they say now makes them look like complete morons in the media. So they know better now. You better uh, go in there and fight first before you open your mouth this time. I think Haney totally humbled him. Yeah. I agree with you. It's it's funny. Um, Cambosos humbled Tio, and then right. Cambosos got humbled. Now Tio that- didn't stop talking. Yeah. At least George has stopped talking. But but it is interesting. It's a good point. No, you're right. Fair enough. I mean, I it, yeah. I mean, just so soon, you know, like literally in the course of one fight, he he's totally changed his uh, his thing. You know. But uh, but anyways, I mean, we all know how that's going to go. I, I don't have any great interest in this weekend's fight. And tomorrow night, we're we're going to a local fight to uh, watch some kids fight. So uh, I don't even know if I'll catch anything. But uh, that's all I kind of wanted to say, Mike. I'll I'll let you take another call, buddy. All right, thanks a lot, Chad. Have a good weekend, man. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right, peace. All right, let's uh, maybe we'll get one more caller in real quick. We've got uh, UK's been on hold here for a minute. We're in a good international audience today. Uh, back to the UK, 777, you're on the show. What's up? How you doing, Mike? It's Nige from the UK. You are right? Nige. What's up, man? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Uh, how are you? Everything all right? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Good, good. Excellent, man. Man, obviously, when I talk about uh, a few of the uh, news points in the boxing world, um, Floyd proving that money above all else, you know what I mean, not even the uh, alphabet community uh, keep it very quiet, which is quite nice. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> just like the only thing, the only color I care about is green. Loyalty to the green, yeah. and oh, you know, you know, I like to thank Al Heyman and the green. That's 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 I mean, that that's literally what it's about. You know what I mean? So. I can't, and, and, and the, the the diehards and the people who who don't you know who don't follow those narratives are very much aware of that fact. When it comes down to it, it's all about the paper. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because 
they just, call him Money just, Mayweather. It, His name is Money. Exactly. Exactly. An opportunity that's there to be to be made uh, to be explo- not exploited, but taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. He's there, and I can't knock him for it. You know why the hell not? Do you know what I mean? It's like I love to be in that situation to be making that much. So, you know, more power to him, I guess. If anything. Hey, yeah, yeah, honestly, at this point, like I used to get annoyed by this stuff. You know, I I, I think back to like when Floyd fought Connor and then when Jake Paul started and all this. And now I look at it and I'm like, you know what? If these guys can get it, good for them. If no one's forcing people to buy these pay per views, and if people are that dumb, it's not even dumb. If, If you, if it entertains you and you have fun watching it, Go for it. Have a good time. It's just not for me. I'm not interested in it. Yeah, exactly. It's a part. It's been a part of boxing for a very, very long time. Man, countless amount. Me, Muhammad Ali does not just fought the, uh, you know, the late great uh, Antonio um, Inoki. You know what I mean? God, yeah. you know, God rest dead. God bless the dead and everything. Muhammad Ali fought in few like um, exhibition mouse such a, you know, very Absolutely. much under the radar as as um. Joe Frazier was in was a goddamn special referee in a in a Dusty Rhodes match years ago, man. <laughs> yeah. And George Foreman, yep. Yep. yeah, you know what I mean. George Foreman was involved. George Foreman was in a goddamn six million dollar man episode years oh, ago. Yeah, boxers you know I mean? have been so, doing this stuff. Joe Lewis was in wrestling. Um, these guys have been involved in this kind of stuff forever. It looks different now because of social media and everything, but that's such a great point yeah. because. Boxing has been involved with all kinds of sideshows forever. It's just part of it. Now, this is just the new face of it, right? And yeah, again, yeah. when it first started, I didn't get it. Now I get it. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. So this is the yeah. same thing as, um, you know, boxers have wrestled bears before. All right. that That's really yeah, happened. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Mm. And um, interesting fact, Ken Norton. God rest the dead again. It's like he was in an episode of Knight Rider and an episode of 18. Check it out. Yep, that's uh, that's legit right there. Wow. Yep. I, I know Mark Brilliant was in um, yeah. Mark Brilliant was in Miami Vice. One episode that had uh, out, really. yeah, yeah. He actually did a pretty good job. His acting wasn't bad. And uh Don King made a little cameo in that episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that, but yeah, it's uh but I did not oh. know about Knight Rider. That's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was cool. Anyway, um, about uh, this weekend's like uh, multitude of fights, which is awesome when you think about the, the you know, going into the, you know, the last quarter of the year. There's such fantastic fights coming up. Fantastic fights. Really looking forward to it, man. You know, obviously tomorrow night with uh, you know, um, Baumgartner versus May uh, Mayer and yep. uh, Shields versus uh, Marshall, um, Haney versus Cambosos two. Even with uh, Wilder and um, uh, Kalanius, you know, a bountiful amount of fights happening, and we should mean mean the Wilder Kalanius should not be pay per view. Do you know what yes. I mean? That's that's that, well, that that's a given. But uh, that's bad. we've got a lot to look for. We've got a lot to look forward to. And I'm just for a prediction. I think uh, I think I think Marshall will edge it on points. Marshall edge on points. I see Clarissa getting knocked down at least once in this fight. I really, really do because um, I think it's just a bad, it's a bad star matchup for Clarissa because the thing is with um, Marshall, she's a switch hitter and a very good switch hitter. 
and she has an excellent jab as well. I mean, she's taller than uh, Clarissa as well, mm-hmm. so Clarissa has to get past the jab. I mean, Clarissa has the footwork and everything, but she has to get past the martial jab. I mean, sometimes Marshall just throws it as a range fighter, but when she just, you know, but when she really sticks it in, do you know what I mean? It's like you, you see the you see the effect it has on, on the fighter as well, do you know what I mean? And she's always on the balls of her feet. She's, it's rare that she's flat forward, flat footed, I should say. And she has a very languid, you know, relaxed style about her, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like hands, yeah. I mean, to me, it's almost like I mean, obviously, Peter Fury trains um, uh, Marshall and uh, his son, Huey Fury. I mean, I have to say, style-wise, on, you know, would the, they both have a similar style, but maybe Marshall does it better than Huey. And I'm not bullshitting mm. when I say that. There's, there's something there's something about Marshall, because like, um, her style suits the pros. Caressa still fights a little bit like an amateur to okay. me. You know what I mean? Because... That was her bread and butter, you know, with an in and out style and you know, scoring shots. You know what I right, mean? Right. That kind of thing. But uh but uh, Marshall I think is gonna edge it on points. He's gonna be close for the first four or five rounds, I think, and then Marshall's gonna start to pull away. It's gonna be accumulation of uh damage that's gonna take his toll. I do see shield getting dropped. Okay. You know, at least once I think in this one, definitely. I think with the um Maya Baumgartner. I mean, Baumgartner looks like a goddamn Amazon. She really, really does, man. Seriously, she's both are in fantastic shape. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Michaela Meyer in this one, purely based on the pedigree, and I, I think as well because she fought Maya Hamadouche, who was an all-action fighter, who was a mid to inside fighter who like to get in there for a shitload of hooks and uppercuts and everything like that. I think that's prepared uh, Michaela better for Baumgartner's style. See what I mean? Michaela has to deal with the power from Alicia. That's going to be an issue. Right. Okay, But I think Michaela can deal with it because Michaela, Michaela showed me something in the Hamadouche fight. She has a very good inside game. Yes, yeah, she very does. Good it's underrated. For a total yes. fighter. I agree. Very I agree. much so. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting to see that. I was like, oh, shit, with, with, with the uppercuts on live and everything, you know? But uh, it's going to be wonderful. I mean, Wilder's going to blast out Polinius in about, say, I say around round six. There's going to be some interesting moments where you're going to see right. Wilder get troubled, but I think it's going to blast him out. Yeah. And uh, another thing as well, I'll let you go, because I know I'm waffling a bit. I want to say something with regards to the the attitude of fighters right now. Have you noticed that with regards to British fighters, they're like, I don't care who it is, I don't care where it is, make sure you pay me fairly, stamp my passport, I'm going to fight them. The Kinson against Virgil Ortiz. Um, the, now you've got Butler versus Inouye. And no one gives Butler a shot, but you have to do it. You've got to give the British fighters respect. They'll fight anyone, any place, anytime. Anywhere. Look at Sam Eggerton went to Australia and yeah, even though he lost, nonetheless he went. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. With I mean with the exception of Tyson, we don't play that whole A side, B side bullshit at all. Do you know what I mean? True, very true. Cannot be denied. There is a track record there of that. Cannot be denied. Indeed. And Mike, I'm going to let you go, man, because Hi, it's uh, quite late and I'm sure you've got things to do, man. So you take care, man. 
All right, you too, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you, man. Take care. Okay. All right, guys. That's it. Uh, sorry, I know we got a few more calls on hold, but uh, we are going at an hour and forty. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna tap it out today, and uh, we'll be back Monday. So enjoy the fights this weekend, guys. Uh, loaded show or loaded uh, schedule this weekend. We got a lot to talk about Monday, so it's gonna be a fun show. All right. In the meantime, have a great, great weekend, and I'll see you at the fights. Peace.